Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Parents Podcast from Champion Forest. As parents, we know that raising kids can be one of the most rewarding and challenging experiences in life. And we just want to come alongside fellow parents and offer support, encouragement, and practical advice on how to raise our kids well. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, welcome and thank you for joining us for another Parents Podcast. This is Justin and Stephanie, and we are so glad to be able to have our friend Mary Ann Bradbury with us. So Stephanie, why don't you introduce Mary Ann to everybody? Yes, I have known Mary Ann for a long time. Um, she is an expert in the field of early childhood education, brain development, and many other areas. And Mary Ann, tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get to know you. Well, um, I am a grandmother. I'm a Grammy. That's one of my favorite (laughs) titles right now. But I have about 40 plus years of experience in the area of of, uh, childhood development, church ministry. I spent 12 years at LifeWay Christian Resources as an Mm. editor, putting curriculum together for preschoolers and children. And so, Um, but my passion is early childhood education. And really, people call me a brain nerd because (laughs) I love trying to learn more about how God created our brains, because I think that's just such an important group of information that we all need. Yes, and there's so much information out now about brain development, so much research on this. I'm excited to learn a lot today, Marianne. Me as well. Thanks for joining us, Marianne. This is going to be a great time for myself. I have, just so that you know, I have four kids myself, so this is fun for me. Good. What ages? So so I have, my youngest is eight, and then I have a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 15-year-old. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so all over the place. All right. Yes, yeah. full house. <laughs> you do. Yes. Well, tell us, Marianne, why is this brain development information so important for parents? Well, first of all, I mean, you're right in that there's so much research out there and there's getting more and more of it. And so you really have to look at it. And as a Christian, I try to take that information and look at it from the biblical lens, uh, which I think is needed. Um, and so I think it's just important that parents understand or are aware or know some of this information, um, because I think the better that we understand how God created mm. our brains, the better we can understand our children and mm. how to meet the needs of our children. And we know that there are all kinds of needs that our children have today, whether they're babies or whether they're teenagers. You know, we're facing that mental health issues, the mental health crisis And a lot of that has to do with how the brain is functioning. So I think it's just so important that they have this information um, and can use that then to be better meet the needs of their children. That's good. Yeah. Yes, I totally agree. And I'm super excited to learn how our brain is wired and what is happening in our children's and our teenagers' brains as well. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in these brains and in these minds. Well, um, I think. Once we kind of understand this, then we start to look at the world from uh, the lens of children Mm. and then from the lens of a teenager. So I think the first thing we need to understand, though, that every child, every person's brain is unique. There are no two brains that are alike. Mm. And to me, that's just mind-boggling to think that God created each of us and that all of our brains are different. Mm-hmm. We're born with about 86 to 100 billion neurons or brain cells. And every child that's born, there's a different configuration of those. 
So, I mean, I think it is just amazing. And after you look at some of this brain information and you become aware of it, I don't know how you would not believe that God is our creator. Mm. I just, you know, it gives me goosebumps almost every time. But they're born, every every brain is different. The brains of boys and girls are different. Hello. You know? (laughs) Yes. They come from the womb with different uh, different brains because there's changes that take place within the womb that makes it a female brain or a male brain. And so to me, that's also very uh, fascinating. But when a child is born, the brain's very immature. Mm-hmm. So they come into the world, and we need to help them build those brains. Build, brains have to be built or they have to be wired um, or shaped and they are shaped through the experiences that they have within mm. their environments. Um, and I think that's what's so important for us to understand, that the, especially the higher-level thinking parts of the brain mm. are very uh, immature. Yeah. And especially, you may have heard of the prefrontal cortex, where our, our higher-level thinking takes place. That doesn't fully mature until in the mid-20s wow. if you're a female. If you're male, it's closer to 30. Oh, man. Wow. That's all you males immature. out there. Is that what that is? That that's, explains that's, right. That's, that's right. why we're way more immature that's, or don't think as much. Okay, that's, gotcha. That's exactly right. So it's all these experiences that children have within their environments that's going to shape that brain. And mm. so when we think about those experiences, we want to try to provide for them those types of experiences that are going to wire um, that brain to really uh, create the mind for a biblical worldview mm-hmm. because it, they can so easily have their minds and brains shaped toward a worldly mm-hmm. viewpoint. Yeah. Yes. And that's where it comes. So why I think it's so important that the church uh, or the Christians understand this information is because we really have a power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm that maybe we're not utilizing as much uh, as we should. Wow, that's good. So what are some of these experiences that children or students need to have to wire the brain correctly? Well, um, do you want to talk about the teenage brain first, and then we can get into some of those experiences? Sure. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Because we know that the the brain matures or, or, or develops very quickly during the first five years of life. By the time the child is five years of age, 90% of the brain is, uh, is developed. That, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to change. Mm. Some of the wirings and things are going to change. But the physical size of the brain is 90% done by the time the fi- child is five years old. Wow. So that points to how important those early years are in, in development. Yeah. And for us to really pour into those young years um, what those experiences that the, that the child needs. <clears throat> but let's get to the teen brain then. Okay. That's kind of a crazy place to go, uh-huh. isn't yeah. it? <laughs> let's do it. Okay. The, the teen brain, um, you know, those first five years, and of course then there's, we also say that the first decade, first 10 years uh, are a period of pretty rapid growth. Mm. Um, but when they hit those tween and teen years, it's like almost the world blows up mm. in their side of their head. Yeah. Um, it's because the brain goes through um, kind of a reorganization mm. um, 
a readjustment. Um, and a lot of researchers have even said that the brain of a teen is much like the brain of a two-year-old. Wow. I could see that. Could you see that, Justin? They're definitely, I've got some people in mind, yes. Yes. Maybe one in your house? Maybe, maybe. Because, you know, how that two-year-old and that three-year-old, they're just kind of everywhere, and they just, you know, are going this. That's because they, there's, the most activity the brain will ever have is in the first three years of life, or it was in that third year of life. Mm. And so that's kind of what happens when they hit those teen uh, tween and teen years is when they start going through this reorganization is because the brain really, in a sense, starts to mature uh, more in a, in a lot of the areas. There's greater connection in the brain. Um, and when we say that, what we mean is that the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere, those connections that make those two sides of the brain work together, mm-hmm. Uh, that connectivity uh, is becoming greater. Mm. So that means that they're able to supposedly think a little (laughs) bit better when some of these other things aren't going on that I'll I'll tell you about. Um, But the brain is then, because it's um, more connected, um, the networks are more connected, um, they are, it's, we call what's, what it's called, the brain is more integrated. Mm. It's working, okay. where it's working together. Okay, so you've got all that going on, mm. but then you've also got what, a period of pruning when some of the brain cells are beginning to die away. About 70, you'll have about 17% of pruning um, is it's estimated in the teen brain. And that's because... At about 9 and 10, 11 years of age in there, there is kind of a little bit of an explosion of, um, of development in the brain cell, or there's more brain cells being uh, developed, but they're not necessarily used. Mm. And when they're not used, then they get, you know, lose it, you know, use it or lose it. Yeah. That's a true saying. Um, so we will see some pruning of that. And, and because of that, then they... Um, experience, I guess what's probably the most well-known thing about the teen brain is that they have all these hormones. Yep, that's mm-hmm. right. Yep. They go up and down. Yes. And up and down <laughs> all the time. Yeah, yes. For sure. So anyway, I thought I could, could kind of mention, there's a bunch of them that do that, but I thought probably the ones that might be the most interesting to uh, the parents might be that cortisol, which we know is the stress hormone, uh, it's at higher levels in the amygdala or the emotional centers of the brain. Mm. Um, it stays at a pretty high level. Um, and when it goes up, it goes up. And then when it goes down, it can, it can go down. So that's the cortisol. So they can experience um, greater stress. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think there's no joke that we we see that in yeah, our teens. Sure. We yep. see that in our teens. Uh, because the higher, the levels of cortisol in the teen brain is higher than in, in the adult brain. Wow. wow. So I think that's something that we don't necessarily uh, stop and think about. We just kind of, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what we do, except I don't think we understand what's going on necessarily. Mm-hmm. So that's the cortisol. Uh, the next one is the serotonin. The serotonin is that feel-good chemical or the hormone and so when they feel good, things are good. Things are good. Yep. 
Yeah. When I don't feel good. Yeah, things are not good. Things are not good. <laughs> that's exactly right. So that's one of the explanations for such mood swings. Uh, and, of course, the other thing we have to really uh, remember is that 90% of our serotonin is made in the gut. Oh, wow. Mm. We have brain cells in our gut. What? I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. This is new. <laughs> we actually have three brains. Okay. We have our head brain, uh-huh. which is the one we're always thinking about and talking right. about. Okay. We have the heart brain. Okay. And we have the gut brain. Okay. Well, I've always heard you need to have a healthy gut. I didn't know it's because my brain was Gosh. in there. You do. Uh, I forget the exact number of, of, of uh, I think it's something like 200 million. I don't know. I better not say because I, I didn't write that down, so I can't remember. But we have uh, some, actually, they're nerve cells or brain cells that line our gut. Wow. So when you say you have a gut feeling, yeah, it's oh, a real really thing. Are. Oh, you wow. really do. Mm-hmm. But to me, the most interesting thing is that we actually have uh, brain cells that are in our heart, and this has one of been one of the areas of the most fascinating studies. That oh, I just get so excited when I hear because this to me just ties it back to how God created us. You know, mm-hmm. all throughout the Bible, it talks about guard your heart, mm-hmm. and you know. Love, love your God with all your heart mm. and your soul and yes. your mind. There is actually more connections that go from your heart to your brain than from your brain to your heart. Wow. Mm-hmm. And if you put your hand over your, your heart and you feel a beat, every time your heart beats, there's a flash going off in your brain. Wow. Oh, I'm, Wow. Your brain, your heart is communicating to your brain. Hmm. So, to make a whole long story really short, is that what we really should be connecting to is to the heart. Hmm. Because the heart can influence the brain wiring, and the brain wiring then influences the mind or wow. creates the mind. Is that not fascinating? That is fascinating. I just get so excited. Okay, (laughs) so this may be, I don't know if this question is dumb or not, but I'm going to ask it. it's not dumb. There's no dumb questions. Thank you. So how do we help the heart? Okay, I'm going to get to that. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get to that, okay? Okay. I kind of threw that in there because the next thing I was going to talk about is the dopamine. Okay. The Mm -hmm. dopamine um, hormone that's going up and down. And do you know what the dopamine hormone is? sure do. It's that reward. Okay. It's the feeling you get when you oh. do something and then you you know, get a reward for it or yep. you feel good about it or that. There are more, there's more dopamine in the teen brain than in the adult brain. Yeah. Uh, and so the teen brain is always kind of pushing and needing those rewards. And it's not necessarily tangible rewards. Um, actually, there's been some interviews with some teens and they will actually say, that they, they like the reward, rewards where they feel good, what doing things that make them feel good mm. or feel needed. Um, just a quick story, you know, in Austin this past week, we had the ice, a couple, it's a water you want to call it, but mm-hmm. it was a, it's like a disaster zone, especially in our neighborhood because we live in a very wooded neighborhood. Mm. And there was a group, uh, several groups actually, one group started it and then others jumped on the bandwagon, um, a group of about 14 guys that looked around the neighborhood and thought, hmm, this needs to be picked up. Mm. 
So these four guys went around the neighborhood, just going neighbor to neighbor, picking up the limbs that they could, taking them to the curb, and weren't charging anything. Wow. And, of course, people would give them, you know, tips and that kind of stuff. But they went over a whole section of the neighborhood, and before long, here's this other group of teens. But they were doing that because, and I thought about this, is they they felt good about doing that. And also, of interview with teens, when you're talking to teens, they will say that they don't feel like that they, they feel like they're criticized mm. more than praised or given high fives for, hey, you did a good job, or there's too much time between maybe something that they've done and someone recognizing it. It's mm. mm. interesting. Makes it really hard. I, I love that illustration and story of that and the, what that does and the reward system. But I mean, picking up your room for a kid, right? So mm-hmm, I just have to yes. high five my kids to get them to pick up the it room. Might help. Is that better? That's what help. I need to be doing. Yeah. You know, I don't well, because sometimes yeah. we think you are expected to do that. That's right. part right. of it. Yeah. But we need yeah. to affirm right. that, yeah. right? Because you know they know that you want them to do that. So mm-hmm. if they do that and you don't say anything or you get them a criticism like, "Well, why didn't you pick that up?" or "Why uh, didn't you hang that up?" or "Why didn't you put that away?" then that dopamine, that reward, that reward off. It's, yeah. it's off, hmm. you know. And of course, the whole other side of this is how they can become so addicted to video, you know, yeah, a lot of which stuff, we don't yeah. really have time to go into, I guess. But that's why they can become so addicted hmm. to like uh, screens hmm. is because they can get immediate, immediate feedback, hmm. you know. Interesting. And the way I look at this, and when I think back to uh, my days on church staff, though I even though I didn't do, you know teenage ministry, but I had teens. My sons were teens, and I think back to, you know, when they would help out in the gym or they would uh, coach a kid's basketball, and the kids would just, you know, just come up and hug them and just couldn't wait to see them. They loved it because they were getting that surge of dopamine. Wow. Mm. And so I think if we're conscious of that, we can create more opportunities within the church or within the community yes. to get our teens um, more involved in those kinds of things. Because it's during those teen years that if they really develop a passion mm-hmm. for that, you know, it can carry them on through, you know, their, yeah. you know, their life. So. Yes. The other thing, one more thing about the teens, uh, and then we can... Um, move on to some experiences, if you, if that's where you want to go. We all know that teens seem to be sleep-deprived. Mm. Yes. And that's because um, the hormone melatonin is released in the body and brain, actually in the brain of teens later during the day mm. than it is for adults. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. So when they don't want to go to sleep at night... It's because the melatonin hasn't quite been released in their brain. And, of course, then they want to sleep later mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, and so we've kind of got the whole schedule, school schedule off. I was teens. about to say that very thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And actually, the state of California has mandated, I think it's for the whole state. I could be wrong on that, but I know at least for a portion of California that is now uh, high schools, I don't know if it's gone down to junior high yet or not, but high school, <coughs> excuse me, high schools cannot start, start till nine o'clock. Wow. wow. Yeah. Mm. And they have seen a tremendous increase in just the moods of the teens, 
some of their study habits, all of that, because they've just letting them start late. Uh, they did a study of some teens, and they found that at 9 a.m., that their brains still, 50% of those teens in that study, which was a pretty large study, uh, still had melatonin in their brain at 9 wow. a.m. So that's why they come in and you know, sluggish, sluggish mm-hmm. and put their head down on their desk and go, I dare you to wake me up, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> those kinds of things. But that's probably one of the major uh, findings in the teen brain over the last, oh, it's, probably, it's been around for probably 10 years. We're just slow at, you know, taking a look at it and try to implement it. That's pretty interesting <laughs> because here we are as parents, of course, wanting our kids and keeping a schedule and then trying mm-hmm. to get them to go to bed so we can sit down and rest right. ourselves. Because exactly. Melatonin is kicked in a whole lot earlier, right? right. We're, we're exactly. ready to go to bed. And exactly. so there's there's conflict exactly. in that. I mean, there's that's conflict. a natural conflict that's there. And so I think that's a great word for parents mm-hmm. to be able to to receive that. Right. And it doesn't mean that our kids have to sleep in all day, it's but exactly definitely right. understanding that there's a chemical right. thing that's going on there as well. That's really and good. also, one of the things that I think can be done, and there's been studies also on this and uh, – families who have done this, is that I think we need to teach teens about their brain. Mm. That's a great idea. If we teach teens what's going on in their brains, then it helps them understand those ups and downs and highs and lows and why do I feel this way and why am I so irritable today and and why do I not want to go to sleep? Because sleep, teens are really sleep deprived. They're sleep deprived if they have less than six hours. Well, you think most of the time a lot of teens don't want to go to sleep until you know, 11, midnight, yeah. you know, whatever. And then you're trying to get them up at 6, 7 in the morning to go to school. Well, they've only had six hours of sleep, and they need about nine. And the brain needs sleep yeah, because it's when during sleep that growth hormones are released. That's for all small elementary, preschool, all the way through. All the, way through. Uh, the growth hormones are released. It's also the time when the brain toxins, we have cells in our brain that eat up all the waste stuff that goes on in our brain. And if we don't get the sleep and rest that we need, those toxins aren't able to leave our brain or leave our system. So I need to tell Rick, I need to go detox my brain That's right. and take a good nap. Exactly right. <laughs> I like it, Marianne. Mm-hmm. But you exactly. know what? That's so great, too, for preschool parents because Absolutely. many preschool parents nowadays think, oh, they don't need a nap. They do need that nap, yeah, even good. preschoolers mm-hmm. as well. Wow. Preschoolers need about uh, 13 hours of sleep, wow. and I doubt they get it. Yeah, me too. So and what is so for me? In my forties, uh-huh. uh-huh. how much sleep am I supposed to be getting? You're, you should get at least this. seven, at least seven, maybe eight uh-huh. hours of sleep. How you doing, Justin? I'm nowhere near that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, you need to go detox that brain. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. That well, you know, we we laugh about it, but it's actually true. Yes, yeah. because our sleep is is it's the rest, you know, and God designed us for rest, yes. which we don't do enough of. Mm-hmm. Um, but. He designed our bodies to be able to restore and to rejuvenate, and especially, our, well, all all systems in our body, but especially the brain is really, because I don't know how this works because I've read it and I still don't understand it, but we give off waste stuff in our mm. brain as the, the connections are being made and all that stuff, and that has to, to 
be eaten up by those glial cells. The glial cells are the ones that do that. Oh, it's fascinating. That that's is a fascinating. fascinating. That is <laughs> that's good. a fascinating read. Yes. <laughs> I'm a very imaginative person, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking of that little sucker fish in my yeah. brain. Hmm. Sucking or the out little Pac-Man yeah. thing. Are you Pac-Man? Are you the age of Pac-Man? Yes. Yeah, maybe I'm dating. I'm sure I'm dating myself. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I had a quick question okay. on some of these hormones that go to the brain. The first one on stress. Mm-hmm. Cortisol. Yes. Is there anything that we can do to help like minimize the amount of that that's going to their brain? Mm-hmm. It just leads us right into the Oh, does thing. it? Oh, good. You're doing okay. great stuff. <laughs> I slept good last night. I detoxed a little. <laughs> well, um, I think this is not only for teens, <laughs> not only for teens, but it, I think it's for all children and children and teens, is that our pace of life, mm-hmm. this is my soapbox. And if I could, you know, you'll probably hear me in training this afternoon talk about this. But our life, our culture mm. is so fast paced that we're killing ourselves. We're killing our kids. Mm. I mean, emotionally, mentally, even physically, because they, there's illnesses and things that can come from that just high pace, that high hypervigilant. Yeah. Because our teens and our children, even our preschoolers, are all hypervigilant. And what that simply means is that the emotional centers of their brain are on fire most of the time. Wow. Wow. And it is, to me, it is so, mm. it's disheartening, it's discouraging, it's sad. Um, it, at times, I really just get sick at my stomach because I really get so concerned about the environment in which our children are. Every conversation that I have had with a teen parent mm. in the last, oh, probably year have been that they and and some of them have just been casual things. Like I went to Amazon uh, to um, UPS to return a book. Um, and um, the lady that was helping me at the UPS place said, and it was on a stress and the teen brain, and I, it just wasn't one I really liked. So I was sending it back because <laughs> I can, you know, I have all these books that I mean, I need a loan to pay for my books. But anyway, <laughs> um, and she said, well, maybe I should read this. And I say, oh, really? She said, yes. She said, my daughter is 14 and she is so stressed that she can't sleep, mm. she can't eat. And she said she stays, she just stays in that. And she said, I think she needs counseling. And I said, well, she certainly sounds like she might need some help. Mm. And so that was one conversation. And then there were just a couple of conversations in our neighborhood of just parents who had teens and just off of the, just kind of out of the blue, they were like, well, my, uh, my teen's gone to counseling because they're just so stressed. And, of course, a lot of that comes from the pressure of yeah. the academics, yeah. of feeling like they have to be performing uh, at such high levels. Um, and then parents will say, oh, but they love it. That's right. They may love it. They may want you to think they love it. But they, many of them will tell you that because they think that's what they need for your approval. That's a tough, That it's a really good soapbox to be on. I yes. agree. I really mm-hmm. do. I will say it's very difficult it's right very now difficult. as a parent. COVID year, um, as tough as that was, right, when everything yep. shut down and slowed down, 
I actually loved my time with my family. Exactly. We had walks and went fishing in the neighborhood and just enjoyed being together, like really and truly enjoyed. And of course, as soon as we came back and there were limitations on that in some ways, um, the pace picked right, right back, back up, up and almost did. even more intense. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and I don't like that. And at the same time, again, four kids, four different schedules, not counting my wife and I's schedule right. or the, the ministry or exactly you know work right. side. Um, it is difficult. It is very difficult. And there are different levels of things that your kids can be a part of. So I think there has to be the balance for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I could definitely agree with you that it is a, uh, it's a busy season and we're not being able to get the rest and the things that we need that you just brought out for our brain exactly. to, to be able to exactly. develop and detox right. So that's Well, good. and I think we, again, it goes back to the reason parents need to have this information is that when you feel your your family life or you feel your teens just getting out of of you know overwhelmed mm-hmm. then you can then you not know that it's time to step back and say hey what do we need to do what do what do we need to maybe cut out yeah because i think it's going to take <clears throat> it's going to take um i don't know a generation or it's going to have to take a group. It's going to have to come from parents. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think parents, especially the younger preschoolers, um, if if they can just step back and say, "Hey, no, we don't want to do this. We don't. We don't. We're not going to do this." You're going to have mm-hmm. to be intentional. We're going to have to do what I like to call intentional parenting. Yeah. Is that what are you going to do and what are you not going to do? Yeah. Um, because there's there's nothing more. We, you know, we talk about we need to slow down. <clears throat> But there's nothing more that your child needs than you. Mm-hmm. And that attachment and connection for the parent and child begins at birth. Um, and the brain is wired for those relationships and for that connection. The number one fear of the brain is disconnection. Mm-hmm. Because God created us for relationships and for that need for connection. And if that connection is not laid in those early years, then it influences the relationships all down the road. Mm. So they, a child is always looking for the answers to these three questions. Do you see me? Mm. Do you hear me? Do I matter? Mm. And when they can get affirmative answers to those, then they're going to feel safe which is the number one job of the brain is survival and safety. Mm-hmm. They're going to feel loved that somebody really delights in them. Uh, I am seen. I am heard. See, I don't think a lot of our children or a lot of maybe even our teens feel like they're heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or they may be afraid to say, hey, I don't want to do that. Or, hey, that makes me feel anxious. That makes me feel upset. Um, because they feel like they might not have your approval. Mm-hmm. And then I have a voice. We need to listen. And I don't mean just listen with our ears. We need to listen by observing. That's a good word. Yeah. Just sit back. I like to tell teachers and parents to just maybe if you have a time to just sit back for about 10 minutes and just observe your child, maybe when they don't know that you're observing them, and see what you see. What you see. Yeah. Watch their body language. Watch their facial expressions. Watch the look in their eye. 
Uh, I've been looking into the eyes of kids now more than I ever have because I think by looking through the the eyes, you can see their souls. Mm-hmm. That's good. And children need, and, and we all need to, to feel that, that somebody sees us. Yeah. Because God sees us. That's right. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think it's hard for for any of us to understand, our children and teens especially, to understand that God can see them yeah. and God hears them if they don't have a important, nurturing, loving adult that does that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So I've been anyway. saying those, it's kind of fun, just real quick, and then yes. we'll, we'll get back in yeah. this. But I've been saying for with students from stage as well as just in conversation um, for a while now uh, that God knows them. God, that, that God loves them, God sees them, and God mm-hmm. is for them. So, absolutely, first person that God is that, but then also, I try to say it that they know that that I personally, as the student pastor mm-hmm. of this church, have those same feelings in our student ministry team as well. So, I love that it was very affirming for me. You saying Good. those things because mm-hmm. those are words that we're trying our best to just speak over students all the time. Just keep saying it. Just keep because well, they need to it hear up. it. And they need to set through their actions too. You know, if you see them, you know, you you see them doing this, you see them doing that. You know, or I hear you. I hear that your voice. You your voice sounds upset today. Why? Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, tell me about that. That's good. You know, yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk to me about that? Mm-hmm. You know, that's so, good. Yes, anyway. that is really good. Okay, we're well, fixing to have to go. Oh, okay. Can I say one say other thing? One other yep. thing, and okay. then I want you to tell us about the heart connection real quick. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. There is nothing better for helping the brain of children, I think, and even of teens, than outside play in mm-hmm. nature. It helps Good. us to slow down. Nature is healing. Um, we need to have about four to six hours outside every day, and I know we don't get it. Um, but, um, you know, if we had more time, I could do a whole thing on play and the importance of being in nature because. If we don't get our kids into nature and help them to feel the peace and calm that can be found in nature, uh, first of all, I think that brings them closer to God. Um, But we need to create an appreciation and love of nature, of our world that God created, because how are they going to learn to love it and take care of it if they're never in it? Mm -hmm. So, and and play. Play, there's nothing better to to sculpt the brain of young children, especially then just free, good old outside play. Yeah, so parents, take that to heart. Get those kiddos outside, get them playing, and it doesn't have to be structured. No. I think it's not sports either. It's just good outside. Go climb a tree. Go climb a tree. Do it. Last uh, Last time time. we met, Mm -hmm. we laid in the backyard and looked at the clouds. I didn't do that, but I yeah, I was supposed to. Yes. So maybe this time we're going to all climb trees. I will climb a tree. Absolutely. Perfect. We'd like for you to send us a picture of that too. Done. You need to do that. Excellent. Okay. In closing, okay, tell us how to connect this heart brain to our head brain. Okay. You connect the heart brain to the head brain through those things like a, an environment in which that child feels loved and cared for. And when you're looking for their heart before you're looking to pour into their heart before you're looking to pour into their head, mm. making that connection uh, to them. It's taking things slow. It's saying, I see you. Uh, I see you. I see you built with those blocks. Mm. My, that took a lot of, a lot of effort. Um, 
you feel you see how that can connect with that heart mm-hmm. and just saying, you know, just yeah. I had this happen this morning, just mm-hmm. this morning at church. We had a group of fifth graders who I literally told someone their hearts are hard. They're mm-hmm. they don't want to participate. They don't want to have anything to do with what's going on. So mm-hmm. I literally just went and sat on the floor with them and just started talking, connecting. Exactly. Justin, mm-hmm. you're so good at this. And we were all laughing and and all of those things. And then the next thing you know, when we're teaching the Bible, they were all engaged. And I was like, their hearts just went from hard to soft. And you just took it just a second. Yes. Just a second. And in those seconds build up in those and you know, and this may sound um, I don't know, sacrilegious. And so if it is, you can edit this out. I guess. <laughs> but I think we very often get the message that we want to get into kids ahead of getting just connected to their heart. Their heart. Yeah. Justin's a good heart connector. No. If you don't connect to their heart, those kids will remember that because you sat on the floor and you didn't, you know, you didn't probably say anything about the Bible at that time no. or anything. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I think if we we kind of pound, want to pound it into yes. them, they begin to resent that and think, why? I don't know you. You don't know me. You don't act like you see me. You don't hear me. You don't know what is going on inside of me. You don't know that I'm upset. You don't know mm-hmm. that my pa- my parents fought on the way to the church. You don't know if my my mom walked out on my dad or whatever, right. and you want me to learn You want me to, to learn this story about Ruth and Boaz? What does that have for me? Right. Oh, that's good. And I think what you just said, I think we need to take this um, to the home. Okay. Because yes. what we we're just talking about is is at church, yes. and we do that. I'll be honest, as a parent, um, I don't do that. Now I know my kids; I love my kids right dearly, but I'm definitely not as slow or as patient yes. with my own kids and that <laughs> heart connection. Instead of just why aren't you getting what I'm telling you yeah, right exactly. now? Right, going straight to the mind exactly. and to the brain instead of to the heart. Exactly. And so, for parents that are listening, I'm, I'm being very transparent. I, I I fail at that many times with we my own do. kids. Yes. We all do more so than with others. Yes. And I and, mm-hmm. I and I I have to own that. I've been mm-hmm. in ministry for a long time now, and I I love kids. I have a passion sure for students, yeah. um, and so I need my own kids to connect. And so, uh, what I would say to parents listening is, uh, go all in to connect with the heart mm-hmm. of your student. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely, your kid. Um, absolutely, there are things that you want them to learn, and exactly. they just have in their brain, and it's wired in. They're going to do, but you have to learn all the things you've talked about, the chemicals that are playing in all that. But then also checking our own self as exactly. the adults, yes. exactly, and approaching it the right way. And so. you know the way, the best way to do that. And I know this is hard, you know, um, but I have been more intentional about doing this with my granddaughter. You know, there's a good thing mm-hmm. about having grandkids; you mm-hmm. get a do-over. <laughs> So I think I'm a great Grammy. Y'all, y'all said that at the same time. I'm, I'm not a Grammy, so I do not know what just happened there. All right, but um, but it's it's being more present. Mm. It's more being emotionally present. Going, uh oh, they just did this. Why? How am I going to respond? Uh, yeah. Am I going to respond or am I going to react? Mm. And I know, I know, I know that's hard. Yeah. But it's just if there's a um, uh, just a moment you can pause mm. and think, how can I respond? And say things like, tell me about that. 
Tell me just what happened. I want to, how, how can you help me understand what just happened? Yeah. Instead of, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. I told you not to do that. Why did you do that? Man, yeah. And we do that. Oh, yeah, we do it that, that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, yeah. you know, is that count to 10 before you respond? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard that. I have not practiced that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. it's, it's just making that effort to know that, okay, I need to just, and we're not going to do it every time. That's right. You know, we're not going to do it every time. That's right. But if you can just do it five out of 10 times, you're going to make more of that connection to the heart because that that child may say to you, well, I didn't know this, or I didn't, I didn't know this would happen, or, you know, a lot of times young kids, especially, are just experimenting. They're exploring. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure out what how things work, and sometimes it's not intentional. That's mm-hmm. right. It's not intentional, but we judge and say, "Oh yeah, they meant to do that. They were manipulating me." Well, yeah. let me tell you, young kids don't have the capacity in their prefrontal cortex and their higher level thinking part of the brain to do manipulation. Mm. Wow. So. Mm. Anyway, we could go on and on. Yes, we could. That's Mary great. Ann, this has been phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you so very much for taking your time to meet with us. And parents, we just want to encourage you Absolutely. to think through your child, how God created your child specifically with their mm. very own brain. That's right. Right? And, and they're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. Don't ever forget that. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, and just, just I have just have to say this because I was reading something the other day, and the author said if we just looked at each child as an image bearer, mm-hmm. because they are an image bearer of God, mm-hmm. and I think, and I, so I've kind of started trying to do that. And if you do, if I look at a child and say that's a very image bearer of God, it changes your whole perspective. Mm-hmm. Like you know. If that were that, if that was God, would I say that? Mm-hmm. That's so. great, Mary Ann. Seriously, thank you so much for your time and uh, just investing in us as well as our parents that are listening. So well, thanks thank for joining you. us. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed this. And parents, hang in there. You are the most important person in your child's life, and they will. They never need more than just you to make that heart connection. Because through that heart connection, then you're going to help them to know who God is. That's awesome. Thanks for joining us for another The Parents Podcast. Thank you.